that certain topics of discussion may not be comfortable for all listeners. Certain viewpoints may not reflect those of our partners, sponsors, affiliates, our hosts, or that of our guests. We would like to encourage everybody to keep a respectful and open climate of discussion for all topics, no matter how disturbing they may be. So viewer discretion is advised. It does not matter where you stand, nor what it is you feel is grand. Magic is all around. Magic is never gone. And it is more than you will ever know. And trust us. And trust her. For here you will find that the lost of magics have never disappeared. Hello guys and welcome to my show tonight. So we are live on the Lost Magics in association with Bold and Bonkers and tonight we have got an amazing man joining me that I have been trying to get for so so long and he's finally here and we've got amazing Mike from the Naked Bigfoot. So (laughs) Mike first it's absolutely awesome to have you here and thank you for joining me. Well, thank you for having me, Sherry. I know we've been trying to hook up for quite some time. Oh, we have. But then something <laughs> always seems to happen where either you're busy or I'm busy. So we've finally got to do it, guys. We're finally here in the same room <laughs> on, on the same panel. I'm still smacking myself that it's, it's actually happening. Right. <laughs> so tonight I wanted to go across. I didn't really want to do it more in a way of an interview. Okay, because I know that Mike's had a lot of interviews and I kind of know a lot about him and so do you guys. So I thought today it'd be more, I'll ask him a few little questions, but it's more that it's going to be a chat and us talking about Mike's interests. Because let's face it, Mike's got some very interesting interests. So we're going to talk to him a little bit about paranormal and all the strange and the unknown, all things aspect. And we're also going to talk about his practice that he's... um, practices in which is the voodoo because I do really find that side of magic very interesting but due to the past and people's conclusions on what voodoo is it's been very much misunderstood as a practice and I think it would be really good to hear it from the man's mouth himself because he is the only man that I will listen to when it comes to the facts about voodoo okay so at first, guys, please share out. Let everybody know that we're on. It's really important to get this show out. It's really important to get Mike out there and um, his um, channel as well, The Naked Bigfoot. I did notice he's got 139 supporters, and he should have so many more than that. He is absolutely <laughs> awesome. So get over there and support him, okay? <laughs> and don't miss his shows on the Wednesday. Oh, you're missing out if you don't watch his shows. He's so much facts and stuff in there. It's absolutely amazing. Um, oh, Sherry, you're too kind. You're too kind. My my show's about as low. My show's respect and love for somebody. I will put you out there as much as I can, and I oh. do have a lot of love and respect for you, Mike. And I, well, I will you. listen to you 100, percent and I trust every word that you say. So we know how low budget I am. I'm very low budget. <laughs> low budget. I wouldn't say you're low budget. 
Oh, well, so, you know. <laughs> if you're low budget, so am I. No, my fleet, my 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 YouTube channel, which my YouTube channel is, I as everybody, if you ever go to it and you hear my spiel, and you've heard it a million times, Sherry, oh, yes. when you go to it, that I always say that it's here for entertainment and education, um, because I I have fun with my YouTube channel. I don't I don't take I I take myself as seriously as I want to take it. I take subjects as seriously as I want to take it. Um, I want to make people laugh. I want to make people. Well, some people cringe without me making them cringe. Some people are horrified without me making them horrified. Um, well, I'm not being funny, Mike, but some of the stories that you've come out with do make people think, ooh. And oh, there yeah. are some stories that make you laugh your head off, like the time <laughs> when you were speaking about the uh, the sex thing to do with the spirits. I think there's a lot of people that found that quite amusing. To be that, that, that episode will <laughs> always haunt me, and I, and I haven't taken it down. That episode will always haunt me. Um, and that as well, Chris. That's my favourite. <laughs> obviously, Mike's my favourite part, and he's very educational with that, but my most favourite part of the show as well is when he says a certain phrase, and everybody seems to put in the room shot or drink. Because everybody has to drink when I say that's a story for another for day another or that's day. a story for another yeah. time. So a lot of people may end like that go in Mike's shows normally will end up coming out a, a little bit tipsy and whatever. It's, it's good. It's good. Like I said, it's all about having fun. I like having fun. It is. Fun. And that's you why know? I like your channel. Yeah, you you can be serious and you're very educational, but you also make people feel very welcomed and really comfortable because you are a funny guy. And that's what we need. We need a bit of everything, which is what Mike is, is a bit of everything. I, I try to be inclusive. <laughs> you're different. I try to you're be one inclusive. in a million. There is nobody like you, Mike. <laughs> I hope not, God. Only, I hope there's no more of me out there. If there is, I've not seen them. Oh, no. I don't believe that. I don't believe uh, there's no, anyone like there, you. There should never be any more than me in the world. No. <laughs> Where shall we start, ma'am? Where would you like right, me to start? So right we will start with... Let's start with you actually giving out your YouTube channel and your social platforms that people can go and support you oh. I suck so bad at promoting myself, so thank you. I suck really bad at promoting myself, but uh, on Twitter, I'm on uh, my Twitter handle is at Voodoo Man Three. Um, or if you go to Twitter and you search Mike the Naked Bigfoot um, as a hashtag, or even just as a search item, you will find me. Um, you can Google me too and, and find my YouTube channel. <laughs> um, my YouTube channel is. Same name, Mike the Naked Bigfoot. Um, yes. And it's under, that's what we have. Um, I'm so glad you guys did disclaimers because you know I do like to say the bad words on occasion. Um, I do, like you said, on, on Wednesdays and Thursdays, I'm getting ready to start that back up again. I, I had to take a brief hiatus. Um, I had, it. we call it, um, it's gone through many names, but the name we decided on was What the Fuck Paranormal Chat with the Naked Bigfoot. <laughs> Yeah, and I absolutely love that name. I do, and it's so out there, and it's just so, it so suits you as well, Mike. So yeah. well, a lot of people walk away from my shows saying, "What the fuck did I just watch?" And I figured, you know what? That makes perfect sense to call the channel. That. 
Because so many people are like, what the fuck? I think people that don't really know you, they would find you a bit strange and like, what, what's going on here? But for people like me and the Bold and Bonker boys and other people, we've got to know you and know your personality. So to us, you're just you're fucking awesome. Excuse me. I'm, like, I'm swearing as well, okay? But he is. I'm, I'm going to say that comfortably. So they are the platforms that you can get Mike on. And I'm sorry, Mike, for putting you on the spot, but I do that a lot. It's okay. You know, I suck at promoting myself. I, I'm not very good at it. I'm very good yeah, at no. talking, but I'm not very good at promotion. So. Give him a chance, though, guys. If you do go over and check him out, give him a chance. Because even though some of the shows you might think are a bit weird, he is really educational and he is a really good guy to listen to, okay? And if you don't listen to him and you don't give him a chance, Sherry will come and find you. <laughs> and I need you to get your sh- – we do need you to get your shows back. I need my mic fix. I've done a few freeform shows, like the one I did live in, um, in the Haunted Woods, um, I say with quotation marks around it. I just I did a, 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 a random one the other night, so because I decided to go all um, bandit Reynolds style and go out in the woods and, um, and share a few things with folks. But, hey, that's neither here nor there. You guys must go watch it if you wish to. Um, if you don't wish to, that's fine. But if you do wish to, I think you might find something you may enjoy. Um, and I do enjoy comments when people leave comments too. So, and I do respond back to comments for the most part, both on Twitter and on um, my YouTube channel. So I do try to interact with everybody who interacts with me. Yeah, that's just I love. I love. Well, I love talking to people. I love communicating with people. And some people have asked me genuine questions after watching my shows. Like, um, I never knew this. I never knew that. I had no idea that happened. And they had more questions. And I, had, and I was able to provide very good answers for them. So, exactly. Or pointing like, the right. I think I'm quite an educational person when it comes to, uh, like, magic and all that stuff. But I have, I've learned a lot from you as well, Mike. Like, literally. like they're, they're, I thought I knew quite a lot of things, but... Not till I met Mike. Then I realized that there was a lot more to learn. <laughs> like, literally. I have just been very fortunate, Sherry, to um, to live the life that I've led. So when I left the mountains, because for those who do not know, um, I was born and raised in the, uh, the Appalachian Mountains. Um, I currently live in the mountains in an area called Blue Ridge, Virginia, here in the United States for all my international friends out there. Um, I, in, in our community, um, let me, let me, let me define the word magic the way I see it. Um, magic is, from my experience, is a science that can't be explained by, by rational minds. Mm -hmm. It's a different, it's a different kind of science. Um, it's a different kind of physics uh, that can't be explained by the rational mind just by somebody who looks at it through rational eyes. They can't ex- it can't be explained or uh, shaped by rational minds um, because a lot of things that we consider magic is are things that um, are powered by belief. Um, just not the ingredients, just not the rituals, just not the, um, the foci that are used. Um, 
it it's powered by a lot of belief. Um, and some of that belief t- can sometimes lean, lean towards um, religious beliefs. Now, I also say for people who are hardcore scientists and hardcore, um, like in modern physics, modern geometry, and so forth, um, to them, although they would not admit it, it's a bit of a religion for them too because they believe in that science so much that it, it becomes a religion to them as well. Um, yeah. But with a lot of religions that are different like that, the religion that focuses on the science of magic and the religion that focuses on the um, the hard sciences, sometimes the two do not meet and are, do not play well together, so... Sorry, See, I, like me with magic and stuff, I believe in just being natural and I believe that a lot of magic is in the things that are around us. So nature and, and all that sort of thing. And I believe that magic is in with is within us. It, I don't believe the magic is in the faith. It's in us. It's what we perceive it as and stuff. So for me, well, you, you know, magic you know even, with the, even with that, with natural magic and what and what people are able to pull out of themselves and um, and to be able to wield. Uh, the hard sciences come into play then too because such as geometry when you're drawing a ritualistic symbol um, yeah. you need to draw it in the correct manner for it to be able to be effective but you're using geometry yeah. <laughs> you're using in, geometry in, all fairness, it, so. in yeah. magic we do need to have symbols and stuff at time for certain things we all have to in some form you know what I mean but it's nice to be manifested in our own selves as well not like i will use symbols when i really need to but a lot of the time i I try not to put my religious symbols into any of it i try to just be myself and be open obviously if there's certain things like i've got to help somebody or i've got to guide someone i'll use things like my pentagram and and things like that but when i'm doing it for myself or i'm doing rituals and spells for the planet itself i try not to use symbols i try to use what i have as a belief in the planet that's what I try to do. I use that. So it, it's mixed for me. I'm a bit of both. I'm, I'm a puzzle, I guess. No, that's good. But, you know, that segues perfectly when you want to talk about uh, uh, the religion of Vudan, the, the religion of voodoo, and how uh, we don't call it magic. We call it, um, we call it belief. Uh, the rituals yeah. that we do, we call it, it's to us, it's, we, it's part of our belief system. Um, we walk hand in hand with it every day, so we don't separate it as a part. It's part of our worship. It's part of our worship. Um, but in that, uh, part of our worship, like you said, includes many symbols. These symbols um, act as both focus and both as keys whenever we're performing a ritual or asking favors of the of the lower that are greater, greater, lesser, yeah. yeah. And a lot of these symbols are names that cannot be that are names that can be spoken in our world, but not understood unless you provide the name in the spiritual world. And that's how you do it with a symbol. And our symbols are called veves. Um, veve represents uh, an aspect of a loa that we wish to contact and um, ask favor of. Oh, I'm jumping way ahead for those who. A lot of people who watch any of my crap <laughs> know that um, 
when I left the mountains and I had traveled across the United States, I learned a lot in my travels um, before I came back and settled back down in Virginia. I learned a lot of um, of ritual. I'm gonna put I'm gonna use magic throughout, but a lot of ritual magic um, traveling throughout the United States from different cultures and different communities, um, from hoodoo practitioners to Irish hedge witches. Um, to a lot of the local, um, a lot of the southern tribes, um, the Seminole, uh, Native American tribes, the Seminoles. And out in the Midwest, when I was, I was able to spend time out there before I was subsequently banished from the Midwest, a lot of the tribes out there. Um, but that's a story for another time. (laughs) (laughs) That I was, that I was able to, to, to pick up on, on various rituals and from their belief that they were happy to share with me. Um, I found that a lot of people who practiced magic in any form, whether it be through ritual magic, whether it be through shamanistic practices, if you come to them, um, usually when you want to learn something from them, you have, you have to pretty much pay for that information. I'm not talking about with money. Um, you pay with, with more information. You pay with knowledge. You yes. teach them something about um, your ways, and they're happy to teach you something about their ways. So it's an information exchange. I have Now, I'm not going to say that works every time because there's some people that told me to get bent and um, kindly ushered me from the scene. <laughs> but uh, nine times out of the ten, people were very forthcoming. Um, and I was able to – they allowed me to – learn as much as I was able to learn um, being an outsider. And I was able to sit down on my journals during the night after they taught me something. I was able to record it. Um, and then some of the, the things they taught me, I was actually able to put into practice. Yeah. Until I met my, um, until I met my very first Hungan and then in Louisiana, Papa Thomas, who, um, who set me on my path to in my path. So you gone is that is that a teacher is that something that um like learns you a teacher oh you're gonna make me use um you're gonna make me use words um (laughs) and words i don't use very often in front of people um in front of people that are outside the faith uh there's a word uh i'm just gonna use it i'm too old not to not to share this shit uh, a teacher uh, is there's a uh, West African word for teacher that's only applied um, to my particular faith, and it's called a kandamble. Uh The kandamble is um, is a is a keeper of histories, a keeper of uh, of ritual. It's a, a keeper of the of you know, all the various paths that you could travel in the faith. Um, yeah. And he was a Kandamble. Um, brilliant man, absolutely brilliant man. But a Hungan is actually a word that means house. Um, that is, a Hungan um, was meant to be safe and sheltering and protective. And it could be a house of healing. It could be a house of prayer. Uh, but that's what you were expected to be. You're expected to be a, a house uh, for the faithful. So and it's, a, it's a it's a sacred spot for people that practice in that. And I'm in that in that 
that place? No, it's not a it's not a, a room. You had to it's a metaphorically speaking, you do have a place that's not too much of a secret. Um, that you do have a place that you do worship at. But as a Hungan, it travels with you. You are you are that shelter, no matter where you're at, for the faithful and for those who need help, um, for those who need healing, both spiritually and physically. Um, as a Hungan, you are that house that travels. You are that house of healing and that house of faith that travels. Um, so it's the person. It's the person yeah. that does the practice. Yeah. Now, the opposite of that would be a, a bakor, which is B-O-K-O-R, more people are, or for those who ever wish to look that up, I advise you not to. Um, a bakor has chosen, um, they follow the same tenets as a, they know, they know of the same ten, tenets as a hungan, but a bakor is someone who, what they do is for themselves. It's a, it's a, it's a, a the, I don't use the word evil very often, but a bakor is probably the closest thing as I would describe as as a, as a mortal being being evil. Um, they are collectors of information. They are collectors of wealth. Um, they also harm other people. For at a price, they'll harm other people. Um, they worship the same loa that we worship, the same ancestors we worship. But the favors they ask of them are usually favors that are um, no self-respecting, sane person would want. Um, accumulation of wealth. Um, they do a lot of blood rituals. They do a lot with um, the capture and um, imprisonment of human spirits. Uh, usually a bakor who has unfortunately lived to a nice ripe old age. If, if you ever go to their place of worship where they have set up their place of worship, you'll see lined on all of the walls, you'll see clay jars, glass jars, plastic jars. Um, and each one represent, has a spirit dwelling within it that uh, they took as payment. They took as payment. Um, they take the spirit as payment, and they accumulate these spirits. The more spirits they have, the stronger they are. Um, the more they can use them to barter with the loa, um, and it's it's really horrible. It's really horrible. That's, it sounds not very nice. No, so I would are, I would definitely yeah think twice about walking into a place like that or going around something yeah. like that. Definitely. I visited Bakor once, and um, I have, no, and that's when I understood. Um, I understood the concept of evil in the spiritual sense, but I have never, I had never encountered physical evil before, um, and they're the closest thing to physical evil that I have ever encountered, you know, in the mortal world. They are truly evil creatures. Sorry. But they, they damn themselves though. They damn themselves. They'll find no peace in the next life either. No, um, but that's, that's the choice. That's a lot like what we're like in our witch faith. Like if you the the, the path that you choose, if you choose to do bad, mm -hmm. then you're going you're going to pay for that in, in in the other in the other life. If you choose to do good, yeah, obviously, like the magic I do, there's always going to be a price for what we do, magic, good or bad, yeah. But if you do it the right way, the price, the the paying is in a good way. But if you do it in a negative way, you, you're you're going to pay for that. So I've always chose to not do my work in a negative way i've always been of the light 
even though like like yourself like obviously anybody that knows about witchcraft that's magic doesn't work if you don't use both elements okay so we do have to use both elements but it's how you perceive it it's how you manifest it because i believe but when people go oh well i've got crosses and i've got bibles and i've got what you think all of that's going to work you it's you that makes those things work Okay, it's so your it's your faith that charges these items yeah. that, that give it the power yeah. and the meaning behind it. Otherwise, a um, a wooden cross is a wooden cross. Exactly. Uh, but there was people that I've come across though, Mike, that thought that they just hold the cross up and it's going to do the passive. Well, no, you, the words and the belief that you have in that object is what makes it work. If you don't have that belief and you don't talk that word or you don't do that action, it won't work. It'll just be an ornament that you're holding. That is it. Well, That's you know, well, when you and when you draw symbols on a rock, it's just graffiti unless there's yeah. there's faith and, and meaning behind it. Um, you make, you just reminded me of something because you know me. I for those who don't know me, I know you know I like doing this. I like yeah. using pop culture references to talk about things <laughs> like faith and religion. And one of my favorite, whenever I talk about faith and when I talk about symbols, foci. Um, when you're using foci and um, different religion and different ritual practices, it is about faith. And for those who don't know, the the in the 1980s, there was a movie called Fright Night. It was a vampire movie, one of my favorite movies in the world. But there's a line from that movie, which you're going to like, Sherry. Have you ever seen it, Sherry? It's from the 80s. I've heard a bit, but I don't think like Chris Sarandon. Don't watch the modern one. The, the, the remake of it is so good. The original with Chris Sarandon. Um, which is fantastic, but he said one thing um, when he was being faced by somebody who didn't believe they had no faith. They thought if they just held up a cross, they could keep the vampire at bay. And the vampire looked at him and said, you've got to have faith for that to work on me. Exactly. <laughs> and it wasn't until towards the end of the movie that the character understood what faith was, that they had to they had to just not believe in holding up that symbol was going to stop it, but they had to have faith to back it up. They had to have a yeah. spiritual faith to back it up as well. Faith that it would work. Um, faith that it would protect them. And but it was one of my one of my favorite uh, that's one of my favorite pop culture examples to pull out when we talk about faith and we talk about the usage of um of items and foci and symbology and things like that. You gotta have faith for that to work. <laughs> exactly. If you don't have faith, you've got no, you've got no um, no chance, yeah. guys. Seriously, don't go trying to tackle any demons or anything if you ain't got no faith because they'll just get you. Okay. So, just a word of advice. What I want to do because I've I've wanted to ask this to you, Mike. Would you say that voodoo or hoodoo has shaman te- techniques in it? Is it some sort of like a shamanic practice? Is it similar? Because I'm a shaman. See, I'm a I'm a druid shaman as well as a witch. I'm training, so I'm wondering if it's similar. It is similar. You have to understand um, where voodoo came from and how it, how it evolved. It's taken. Uh, it came, of course, originally from West Africa during the, the times of slavery and was brought overseas, brought into the 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 faith was brought into the Caribbean islands and then it was brought up into Haiti and the Dominican Republic with the slaves. And then during the um, Great Slave Revolt in Haiti and Dominican Republic, it was brought from there um, to Louisiana, Georgia, and parts of um, Florida. Uh, 
But as the faith traveled to these new lands and to these new cultures, um, like in the Caribbean, you have the Arawak Indians there. Uh, one thing, one of the tenets of, of modern Vudan, uh, well, not even past Vudan, uh, is not to the Loa in our faith and our practice in our faith. We believe, um, and I do believe that. Things like the saints, uh, Catholic saints, um, things like the Arawak spirits, things like the Seminole spirits, that they are the same spirits that we worship, but they just go by a different name. On so, yes. so instead of what Vudan does, Vudan, instead of insulting these spirits by excluding their names, um, we've incorporated their practices into our practice so as not to offend the spirits out there. Yeah. So we it's got a, it's got its roots, its hardcore roots um, in classic uh, Vudan tradition, uh, but it's got elements from so many other practices. Um, yeah, that's that why I thought I would ask you because I had noticed, like, even though you've got your own belief in your own way, I had noticed that there was a lot of things in that in your faith that have got a lot of elements of other faiths like shamanism and also you know bits it's even got bits like that that we you know we carnate to to well, like witchcraft as well and things well, like that there's yes, just so many different religions in it we don't offend those spirits and those, yeah. those other practices because they go by a different name because they're the same spirits in our practice they just have a different name and a different way to uh, communicate with them and we choose not to offend them we choose to include them uh, like I said before, the Catholic saints went during the great missionary drive to um, in the Caribbean, and in, um, in Haiti, uh, the missionaries came through to convert uh, the followers of Vudan. But instead of converting them, they took the Catholic saints, which they were they heard the stories of and were taught about, and included them. They said, "Well, these are just our ratio." Um, and to us, our ratio are the lesser of the Loma, but they are still divine beings in their own right. Yes. And these, yes. these saints that the Catholics worship, we looked at and went, those are our ratio. We're not going to offend them. So along my wall, which holds the candles uh, for all the Loma that are lit, never lit every night, there's a candle for all the Catholic ratio, for all the ratio in our uh, in our faith. Because we do not seek to offend. We seek to uh, to offend is not to be able to other game to curry favor exactly. favor in the future. So you don't want to offend. We want to be inclusive. Yeah, <laughs> you, you want them to get on with you and to you know be there. Like I'm just, like I'm the same way. I don't I don't like obviously they've got names and stuff like that. But when people say to me, well, what well, you've got the Christianity and you've got this one, you got I go like when when we worship and when we do what we do, we're doing no different to what a Christian or a Muslim or anybody else. We're all loving and showing respect to the same gods the same goddesses the same energies it's just the names are just different because of different religions it it doesn't mean that we're all individually celebrating and worshiping different things we're not we're all worshiping and loving the same things we just have different views because of our beliefs that's that's all it is that they're still the same thing and you know it's, well faith is a it depends on which facet of the faith you're looking at because to us Faith is a great gemstone uh, with hundreds upon hundreds of facets. Depending on where you're yeah. standing at, you're going to see a facet 
that you're going to call something different. But it's all part of the same. But that facet is just yeah. part of that great gemstone there. So, And that's what I believe in. Because, like, obviously, like, a lot of the time, like, when I do my magic and stuff like that, if I'm having to do a direct spell or something, then I will use the name of the energy that I'm wanting. But I never forget that they are the same as any other religion or any other faith. And nine times out of ten, when I'm actually communicating with 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 them, I don't give them by name. I say my higher and my divine, because then I'm talking to them all and I'm showing them all that respect. I'm not giving them all different categories because I see them all as equal and I see them all just as powerful as each other. It doesn't matter how high they are or how low they are. They are equal in my eyes. So I just say my higher or my divine. See, we're a little different because when we are asking something uh, or requesting something, uh, not all the Loa do everything that the other Loa do. Um, again, we give we, we give the father of them all love. But yes. if I need a Suli red eye, I would not... I would not lay something on the altar that would uh, Baron Samadhi would appreciate more than a Suli Red Eye. I want a Suli oh, yeah, Red Eye's attention, much to the exclusion to them, and um, and they understand why they're being excluded because they can't do it. They can't provide. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm not saying that's not what I don't do because I do. I do. Oh, no, it's all good. If I'm calling out onto certain certain spells and stuff, I'll call up certain names or I'll put a name or I'll put an ornament that represents that one energy. I do do that. But when I'm like trying to like when I try to practice and show other people, I say you should never look at any energy being less than another. They're all equal, up or down. But in certain practices and in certain workings that you do, there are energies that you don't call upon because they're not vital for that that practice at that time. But there are energies that are, you know, what I mean, it's it's about understanding them and understanding that even though we look them at them all as being equal, they're all for different things. Okay, depending on what you're doing. So you've got to remember that there's no point going and calling upon like for my sake. There's no point calling up on Hike, which is the, the goddess of light and dark, and calling her to do something to do with the sea or the water, because she's not going to be able to do do that. You know what I mean? You would call a sea, a sea goddess up, wouldn't you? It, it, it all represents the same thing, though. It's all part of this planet. It's all part of this world. It's just that they've they got elements for different things that sometimes we need in our practices. You can't use every energy the same way. No, no, that's see that segues perfectly because um into what I was just thinking about. I was um, waiting for Mike to turn around and go, Sherry. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's some well no, there's some um there's some practices that are um available that are that are always frowned upon, um because they go against the the order of things, whether it be the natural order of things or the mortal order of things and um as you've probably heard me talk in the, to before in the past, and some people have heard me talk before, there are just my um, my teacher, uh, uh, he didn't believe in, in people being ignorant in everything. He wanted people to know everything. And knowing the good and the bad and the stuff that's not exactly forbid, but the stuff you shouldn't frack with, um, he thought that if you know what it is, how to do it, and then you learn what the consequences are, um, you wouldn't walk down that path and do it yourself then. You would understand what you'd be giving up and you would not, you'd be, you know, you would never do it. Um, 
but I have to admit there there is temptation out there because what one of the things when you become a, a Hungana when you are brought into the faith is that you are given a um, you're giving a name um, a name the faith will be able to recognize when they speak it they know who you're talking about and it's usually yeah. based on your nature and your spiritual nature uh, he um, he found my name for me. And it was Il Detente. And Il Detente is he who tempts um, because of my curiosity. I'm constantly reaching, uh, and I still do to a much more limited extent. But back then, I, I was always reaching for more information and digging out more information um, and looking for more information, whether it was it didn't matter if it was good or bad. I wanted, I wanted to know. The, I figured that um, the accumulation of, of knowledge was a good thing, and knowing everything um, was a good thing. And he saw that I was devoting a good part of my life to that, and he decided to add to my knowledge base and, and teach me uh, good things, bad things, and everything in between. So I would know, um, I'd be able to recognize it if I ever came across it. Um, I'd be able to deal with it if I ever came across it. And um, he hoped that I would never um, do it if I was ever tempted to do it. <sighs> I did fail him on that part, though, so. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, um, sometimes there are things in life that at that time it feels right to do that, even though you know that you're not, you're, you shouldn't. Um, sometimes that in life, when things as painful as that happens sometimes you don't kind of think about what's been said to you you kind of want to think of yourself and then obviously you pay for it don't you after and you know you even though like it. you say you you know you've done wrong and you know that you i i do see where you come from you know that person was very important to you and and, and you just wanted to wanted her to be her to be there for just time for you to get there and have some time with her and that but at the same time that that meant that you sacrificed yourself we're talking very we're talking very vague for everybody out there who's not who doesn't know that story yeah we don't, i don't want to go into big detail about it because it's it is very personal to me it's bad and, um, i know but it can be there, very upsetting I, for him well, i have but. shared that story so if anybody's interested if you, you there are lots of people who have recorded that story so feel free to go watch it and if you have questions, feel free to ask. Um, yeah, I, he has got videos about it, but, it, you know, this is yeah. not the time and place. And like I said, it does upset Mike when he talks about it. And, it, you know, it was a very difficult time in his life that he knows he made a mistake in doing, and he, he can't change that. But, you know, Mike, I still think that you're an amazing man. <laughs> and I don't look at you any less. I'm not being funny, but I think that if I was in that same situation, I'd probably have done the same thing. It was somebody so important because you just don't think at that time, do you? So, well, this, and I'm just going to leave it at this with what the one line, which I'm going to let this one line hang out there for everybody who's watching tonight. And listen, um, it was just one thing. Um, there's a few lines, but this one comes to mind. Uh, at the height of my hubris, um, I spoke, uh, I spoke to the spirits, and they 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 wanted to know why I was doing what I was doing. And I said I would, you know, I would reduce this world to ashes if it meant that this would happen. And 
it was the very first time, because uh, when you speak to the Loa, when you speak uh, to them, they usually have their hands on your shoulder when you speak to them. And it was the very first time that I ever felt their hand tremble when I said that. Uh, yeah. Their hand shook on my shoulder. And and I'll end it with this. That, um, be careful what you wish for, folks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for and be sensible as well, guys. I can't, I'm not, you know, it's so easy to get tempted into things when you want something to be a way it is. But just, just remember that in these sort of practices, whether it's in hoodoo, voodoo, witchcraft, anything comes at a price, especially the negative side of it. So always be very careful. I, I love hoodoo practitioners too. Um, Hoodoo is not as much of a faith, although you do have uh, what is Georgia. The difference? What's the difference There's between huge... hoodoo and voodoo? It's um, what's the best comparison? It's not a religion. You're not calling um, it's not an organized religion. Hoodoo is it? Hoodoo is completely regional. Um, it's practiced in different ways regionally. It has common ancestry and common roots, but it. It's practiced differently. Um, hoodoo is uh, is more towards the root working, for those who don't know that term. Um, root working encompasses using um, the natural world and the spirits that are inherent in the natural and natural objects like roots, like stones, like um, trees, uh, like the air, the elements, the, the natural elements within that. Uh, they use those to affect the world around them and affect the people around them. They don't have a specific deity, or or in my case, a loa, to call upon um, to ask them f- to curry favor. They use the natural inherent spirits found within these objects around them, um, yeah. like I said before, to, to affect the world around them and to aid or sometimes hurt people around them. Uh, most... Uh, uh, hoodoo practitioners, and those I'll always use the word practitioner. I don't like there. It's not a religion. I repeat, yeah. it's not a religion. Um, that that will piss people off, especially southern, uh. especially southern hoodoo. It's not a religion. Okay, there is no church of hoodoo. Now there is, uh, and it's in New Orleans too, but in the Gullah Islands of Georgia, the the Gullah hoodoo. They've made it into a, a part. They've made it into a cultural spectacle. Um, Southern hoodoo. When you go there, uh, you don't know what to believe when you go there to talk to those people. It's mostly for tourists who come there. They'll put on a show for tourists that come by to see them. Um, they'll dress in colorful robes and stuff and dance around and 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 pray to various in the century spirits that are out there. But that's not what a what you know somebody who practices hoodoo does. Hoodoo does not involve a group of people. It's usually practiced by a solitary individual in the confines yeah. of their of their safe space, whether it be their house or someplace in nature. Uh, hoodoo workers are usually midwives as well, especially here in the mountains. Um, they deliver babies. They heal babies. They'll heal the 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 mother. Um, they don't bring, they don't wish misfortune on other people unless they deserve it. Um, yeah. If they don't deserve it, they don't do anything for free. Now they accept money. They accept trades. You can bring them food. You can bring them cold hard cash. Um, 
but their services are you have to think a hoodoo worker think of them as a as he um as a true country doctor a doctor that lives in the forest you have so to they're like that. A me- yeah. so they're like a, i don't know would you say like a medicine a medicine person like that, 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 would they have a, a lot of ideas about med, like medicine? Yeah, yeah, but with less chanting. Now, yeah. like I said, they're, it's completely regional the way it's practiced because not all, uh, not all the the natural ingredients are, are found, are, are something that can be found in every place. Now, up here in the mm-hmm. up in the mountains, um, you'd find things like wild. Um, you'd find things like. Um, some of the wild berries and wild roots in the soil that you wouldn't find in other parts of the South. So other hoodoo workers in the South wouldn't know how to utilize that item unless they were born and raised there. So the way it's practiced is completely, completely regional, completely regional. But it does have its its roots. I have to say yeah. that. It does have its roots in the voodoo faith. Um Usually it was from families. It's passed along in families, the practice of, um, of um, hoodoo is. It's practiced along. It's usually practiced um, from mother to daughter. Yeah. Um, I've, you'll, I have yet to have ever met a male hoodoo worker. Um, it is solely something that's done and that's kept and taught within the, the, the female. Um, why do, why do you think that it's more known? In females than males. Why is it more more prominent in women than it is in men? Believe it or not, that during the um, during the Great Slave Revolt um, in Haiti and Dominican Republic, or back in the time, Hispaniola is what it was called originally. Um, a lot of the men who fled uh, were single men. Some of them have families. Um, they fled to. New Orleans proper in parts of Texas. Now, a lot of the men during the uprising uh, were killed during the uprising as well, and, the, and the, their families fled, and the families did not have a male head of their family. Um, there were women who had to go forth with their families and raise their families. Um, they did not go to New Orleans um, because there they still, you know, they still practice slavery uh, in Louisiana, and a single. Um, Black woman, uh, whether she had kids or not, um, would be absorbed by the the slave um, trade very quickly and very easily. So they found their ways to other parts along the Gulf, um, all the way up into Tennessee in the mountains. They and they brought their aspect of their faith with them. But the places they settled on, the little the little parts of land they were able to settle on, um, they were usually welcomed by the local Native Americans. They were welcomed by. Um, they were usually welcomed a lot by a lot of the European settlers and the European immigrants of the time that had settled throughout the South in the forests and mountainous areas of the South, and along the swamplands of um, in Florida. And they brought their faith with them, um, but they did not have all the all the accoutrements, and they did not have the the following that they had back in their homeland to come with them. They were by themselves. So they were they were left alone um, to carry on their think, faith. Do you think that they started doing these practices as a source of um, protection to their self, obviously seeing that well, like, they, had, they had to make themselves well they had to make themselves useful. Um, they had yeah. to make themselves useful. 
they had to show that they offered something to the communities that they settled in. Um, yeah. And uh, and one of the first things you learn in the voodoo faith is um, how to use the natural world to both heal and harm and to harvest energy from it. And then they they brought that and they learned more from the Native Americans and from the, the European immigrants that came in as well. And they were able to offer their services to the locals. Usually it was to some of the more wealthier people in the communities they settled in they would offer their services to. Um, yeah. But then they were out-of-the-way locations. They would settle out where they wanted no contact with people anymore. So they practiced their religion and they practiced their their faith by themselves. But they always made sure that people knew that if they needed something, they could be approached as long as they paid for it when they came there. They could approach yeah. them for help and for information. So, and then it just became a tradition after that. It was passed along and, and with the females after that between uh, mother and daughter. So, it's that's interesting. a brief, it's, it's brief very interesting. And I guess that a lot of the hoodoo religion that they look, it's not a religion, is it? Hoodoo is just like something that, um, that you know, they believe in themselves and practice. But I guess through their ancestors all the way back in the day having to go through this, um, a lot of what what's practiced in 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 this this practice try not to say uh, belief because it's not it's really hard practice. i, know. I guess all hard. of these new settlers and people that they were accepted in by and that they worked with they learned like you said they all learned from each other so they all kind of entwined things together to make what they do today yeah they so took a lot of well, they took a lot of the the because they did not have a hungan or a mambo, which is a female uh, voodoo priest priestess. They did not have that with them when they settled alone and when they were by themselves when they were outside of their community. So they had to adapt the religion to work for them. So a lot of the veves they would normally be a, that the hungan or the mambo would draw. Um, as a part of a, a part of a, a ritual ceremony, um, they would draw, but because they were not part of most most of the time weren't part of the ceremonies, they would only be pieces of the veves they would remember. Um, yeah. And they're called in the Hoodoo faith, which and in Hoodoo faith, I just said that out loud. Um, and the Hoodoo practice, see what you did to me. <laughs> and the Hoodoo practice, they're called um, hex marks. Yeah. Um, and that's probably the one thing that connects all the different hoodoo practitioners on whatever region they settled in and whatever form that it developed in in their family. Um, the hex marks have been pretty much the same, um, which are pieces of um, babies, pieces of, of drawings that were meant to communicate with the, with the, um, with the spirit world. And these hex marks... Um, in a limited way, um, did the same thing the Veves did. They gave them access to the spiritual world to be able to do things, um, to conduct uh, rituals, to conduct their version. If they wanted to do harm or if they wanted to do good, they would use these hex marks. If they wanted to protect, they would use these hex marks to do it with. So, um, Do you believe that a lot of people in this world that learn people about this sort of like say like like you've got your voodoo you've got hoodoo you've got witchcraft you've got you've got you've got these um 
what they call Satanists and stuff like that, right? Okay, now we're all we're all lo- we're all luggaged and looked at as being really bad, really, really bad religions and that, yeah, right? Now we're always we're always brought up to believe that these sort of practices are really bad. They're bad. They're evil. If you get involved in this, you're you're, you're doomed. You're cursed. Is that the case? Like for me, as a witch, no, you're not cursed if you do it right and through meeting some people that work in the satanism side but they do it differently i have come to realize that that from what i'd been learned i was told never to entertain people like that these guys that i met actually do have love and light for, for the planet okay they just have a different way of belief they're not the way that people make them out to be like you get certain religions that tell you to stay away from it they're not good, they're Satanists, they're going to go to hell, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. What would your suggestions be? Well, let me just say this really quick. History is written by the winners. Um, and, and, and during the time in which the, uh, the various major faiths, whether it be Judaism, um, uh, the Muslim faith, or Christianity, um, when they went forth, they waged their, they, you know, they waged their own convert or die campaign across the world. They spread out across the world and, um, they had greater numbers and greater, you know, greater technology when it came to, to weapons than a lot of the fates that they encountered. And by hook or by crook, they converted them. They won the war. So, you know, their faith is good, our faith is bad, because they are the winners of that war. And they told them, hey, you can't do that. You've got to follow, you know, this is the one true faith. You've got to follow it. Everything else is evil and bad. You have to avoid it. Again, history is written by the by the winners. It's not w- written by the yeah. losers. And a lot of the major religions that didn't go underground um, were ground underfoot by these other faiths that spread across the world. And uh, they still they still conduct these they still conduct these battles, but they they are oh, yeah. a, a bit more they're a bit more um, subtle about what they do now. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm not being funny. We do still get a lot of slack for our beliefs and stuff. And like to be honest, that like in my opinion, we should be looked no di- looked at no differently to what they're looked at. Okay, we're all human beings. We're all people, and we've we've all got things that we love and we believe in. And you know, in my opinion. You know, like hoodoo, voodoo, uh, which uh, even if you've got some sort of Satanist practice, it does not make you an evil or a bad person. It, it, it's how the person does that, does that faith or does that practice. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That that's all of it. Like there is good and bad in everything. Okay, and you can't label everybody with the same label just because we we love and believe in what they believe in. It doesn't mean that we're bad or we're evil. There's bad and good, like I said, in everything. But you're never going to hear that being spoken at the altar of the Southern Baptist Church. No, definitely not. And I have been in full hear <laughs> of it. Like I used to be, I was christened as a Christian, but now they don't like me to go into their churches because I am a witch. And I'm like, well, why do why do you judge me like that? Like, why do you judge me just because I have a different faith to you? I still love God. I still believe in those things. It's just that I. I have a different way of looking at the world. I see the world in a different way, which is why I'm different. You shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't judge me because of my belief. That doesn't make me any less of a person than what you are. 
I was brought up differently. Uh, our community, our family, kept the missionaries at the bottom of the mountain. <laughs> and we were raised, we were raised um, with our own belief system that did not have anything to do with them at all. So when I, when I first encountered my first missionary, um, I told them, they came to me, oh, do you know, you know, the, you know, Jesus loves you. Have you have you been baptized? And I went, what's that? <laughs> I didn't even know what it was. It was my nan. It was literally my nan that put me into it because my nan was a Christian and my nan kind of forced me into it. But through doing that, I didn't believe in all the ways that they, they did. I wanted to be my own self. I, I broke away from that. And because of that, they don't allow me in there now. Sorry. My family taught us to be, uh, our community taught us to be polite. Uh, but firm, be as polite as they are rude. So the ruder they get, the less polite we become. And if a, the missionaries were too pushy, um, I used my, um, I decided to use my sense of logic to combat them. And I started asking questions. And, and the questions usually involved would usually led down roads that uh, would question, make them question their own faith. And it either angered them or confused them, but they always left me alone. <laughs> yeah. And I, like, I've been quite, I've been quite opinionated myself. Like when, like when I've had people say to me, well, you, you use like wands and you use things you do really bad. So I said, look, 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 when I'm doing my faith and I work in my faith. Okay. I said, I'm doing no different to you. I said, when I pick my wand up and I pick up my, my shadow book okay that's like you and, and and i light a candle that's like you lighting a candle picking up your bible and putting your hands together we are still doing the same thing we just we do it in a different way like think like where you would stand and hold your hands and have your bible we use ones and we use other things it makes us no different we, we're all still worshiping and loving the same things so and i always try to put that across to people like just because I use a wand, that doesn't mean that I'm bad and that, that, that Christian. I said, because it, you're using a form of magic yourself. And they're like, no, we're not. I said, yes, you are, because you're picking up that Bible. You're using your words and your faith. You're manifesting that and you're praying to something that can't be seen. How are you doing any different to what we're doing? How are you? And you see that. It's like me when I have to explain to people. One of the one things they always ask about are voodoo dolls. <laughs> they yeah, are a lot seen... of now I used to hear that don't 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 entertain with voodoo dolls. They're very dangerous. They curse you and that. And they're they're not like that, are they, Mike? No, they're they're not. We don't call them voodoo dolls. They're actually called fetishes. And fetishes are normally used to help and heal people. And when you do pierce, and we do make them, um, they some look like traditional dolls. But what they are are uh, focuses. They're uh, fetishes are are how we're able. To, it's a form of sympathetic magic where we can reach out and touch somebody spiritually and physically, um, and channel the spiritual world through, um, or the actions or the rec- of a loa through these fetishes um, into our physical and mortal world to do what we need. What we need to do. Um, it's a tool. Pretty much. It's also uh, both a, a tool to, to work the world, but it's also a, a tool to communicate with as well. 
there is a lot of people that believe that voodoo dolls, when you're stabbing a voodoo doll or whatever you uh, these are fetish dolls, that it like a lot of people portray yeah. it that you're put you're putting um you're putting curses onto people, you're trying to hurt people and it isn't. It's actually when they put those pins in those places and things like that, it, it it's a way of them to be able to get to that source of pain. And we're trying to focus on those areas. Dead, right? If yeah. we're trying to heal someone's heart, we're not talking about if they have heart disease. I'm talking about um, if it's somebody, somebody who is emotionally broken, you yeah. would you would try to enter through their head and their heart to try to help yeah. them heal and be better. They're um, not trying to cause you heart attacks and everything else, guys. They're actually trying to help you. No, don't say that because that. As the same thing, there is a certain slant of truth to that as well, because you can cause great harm to somebody as well. Oh, yeah, um, no, I know. You really can cause it. Now, this is what differentiates a Hungan, from a, a, a Hungan and a Mambo from a Bakor. Uh, Bakors do it maliciously, but we, we do it. It's a very thin gray line. So before anybody starts saying anything, it's a very thin gray line, what I'm about to say. Um we call it teaching people lessons. If a lesson needs to be taught. Um, mm. And if people have heard me tell the story about the, the guy that I, I, you know, that had been cheating and tormenting um, one of my co-workers, cheating on her and causing her all kinds of torment, um, that I gave him the equivalent of um, fire crotch. You know, he <laughs> he got one of the biblical yeah. plates placed upon his crotchular area. <laughs> um, but it would it would end once he acknowledged his actions, what he did, and he understood yeah. why he was being punished. Once he beca- he became self actualized and understood what he did, then that lesson would be over. Um, yeah, and, it's, and that's it's, what it's, I'm it's, saying. Like I'm not saying that they can't use that in that way for a negative way. Of course, some of them do, but to a lot of people, it's always been betrayed out that these, it's always bad. Are these other yeah. goals, these are very dangerous, they're never used for good things, they're just bad, and they're not that, they're not just for bad, they can be for, for positive things as well. You know what I mean? It really does depend on the person using it, because the doll is not what does it to you. It's the person well, that puts that intention into that doll. And you see, there's Sorry. all kinds of faiths and religions in the world, both mainstream and not mainstream, that use um, fetishes like that for all kinds of things. Um, talk about the Hopi dolls, the Hopi Indian tribe. Um, they had their, um, oh God, if I can pronounce it right, it's K A C H I N A, Kachina. So if I'm mispronouncing that, I know I'm going to get a phone call or get a message about it. And these represented the, um, their, the spirits that were around them at all times, and these dolls would be made. Um, so they could communicate with the spiritual world, the natural spiritual world around them. The Hopis made the, the Kachina dolls to do that with. And they could use these dolls to, to interact with the spirit world and to also interact with the um, people and animals around them as well. Exactly. So dolls like that are, are used in all kinds of faiths. Yeah, I actually have, I wish I had them in the room with me because I'd put them on camera. I have six um, dolls that were made for me by a Hopi tribe that I had the opportunity to to work with many, many years ago. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I'm saying, that, like, in this world, so many things are portrayed to be something that they're not. Like, don't be so quick to be 
judging of people until you actually really know what their faiths in that are. So many people get branded off as being certain things when, when they're not that sort of way at all. Like, always make, you know, exception and your judgment through yourself, not through other people's words, okay? Because, you know, like, to a lot of people, voodoo and all, uh, hoodoo, all of this is a really negative thing, and it really isn't, guys. Like, mm-hmm. it really does depend on the person that's doing that work, okay? And, um, like I said, there is good and bad in everything. And um, if there wasn't many different faiths in this world, okay, and different practices, it would be a very boring place, in my opinion. It'd be painfully boring if it was. Absolutely boring. <laughs> And, you know, by being walk, many walks of different religions and different faiths and different beliefs, it makes a pretty awesome world, really, doesn't it? Because we can learn from each other, we can progress with each other, and we can actually open this world to realise that every faith has good and bad in it. And don't be so judgmental and so quick to jump and judge someone before you know. It's human nature, though. Human nature is to... Um to do that is to it is but i wish that it wasn't mike it's an uncommon very uncommon practice to assume the best it's yeah. it's a very common practice to assume the worst because they people find out that when they assume the worst they're not as disappointed when it comes true <laughs> exactly like but just, all i'm saying is like obviously you've all got your beliefs and you've all got your ways of it. Just, just what i'm saying is don't be so quick to judge a person themselves you know like don't sit automatically sit there and think well he does voodoo so i'm not going to entertain him and i'm not going to talk to him because it, he's just not good news or she's a witch so she's not good. don't be like that have your have your own sense to believe and to follow how you want to you are you, you're a human being and you have got the rights to, to believe and to follow what you want to do not listen to what other people tell you you should and shouldn't do you've got your own mind and your own mouth is what i'm saying okay so you know like a lot of people say about witches and stuff like that do am i nasty do i do nasty things to you no but apparently we do we curse the, the crops we make have no food you make my milk go bad all the time i'm very offended. yeah we make your milk go bad yep apparently <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> what but, the hell's with the pointed hats, do You know. <laughs> this is why I like these shows where I could bring different people of different faiths on because then you can get to know them individually and get to know about them. And as I've said to you, I absolutely love Mike, and I think Mike is absolutely amazing. And believe me, I've been rather stupid-minded as well. Like when I've been, like way, way back before I come into my witchcraft, I used to think that things like voodoo and stuff were really bad and because that's what I was brought up to believe you know what I mean but as I've grown up and because I'm so spiritually open because I've learned so much from nature itself I've realized that these faiths are no different to the faith that I believe in or I love so therefore I have no right to judge anybody else you know like I'm vigilant I watch but I'm not quick to jump in there and go well nah you're doing something really bad because the fact is is you know a person is a person and everybody works differently. And I like having these interviews. And I've especially liked this interview more than any interview I've ever bloody done. Because I absolutely love Mike. And I, I hope that you will come back again one day, Mike, with me. Then we can maybe have more more of a talk about other bits. Hell's bells. You know, I 
can talk all day and all night. So thank you. I would me. talk ear off. If you could sit here for eight hours with me, I'd have you sitting here for eight hours. Believe me, that is the sort of because I find you really interesting. But sadly, the Bold and Bonker boys they have kind of a cut off line where we have to end because of obviously the TV. I know they're, so, probably they're probably shitting. They're probably shitting their pants right now. Going, when's he going to shut up? <laughs> No, it's just the fact that because I, I, I want to be able to carry on with the show with you, <clears> and I want to carry on asking you more stuff, but I know that I've got a deadline. I was only meant to do an hour, and I've only I've done an hour and ten minutes, so I've gone over I that. Know, I know, they're, but they're out now. I can't help it. You, you you can't have an hour with Mike. You have to have longer than an hour. Like, <laughs> like literally, we will get him back. But guys, if you do not have Mike, and you do not have Mike's channel. Please go over and support him on the Naked Big Mike, the Naked Bigfoot. You can also get him on Twitter under the Naked Bigfoot, and you can also get him on the other one. He said it is at the end of at the beginning of the show because I don't remember what that bit was, and I'm not going to get Mike to go on the spot again. So just you can just Google Mike the Naked Bigfoot and you'll find me. Yeah, just put <laughs> that in and you'll find him. He's got 139 supporters. Please help him to go up, guys. He is a very interesting guy, and uh, I will get and him to come back on so again. so appreciative of all 139 people exactly. out there. Yeah, if you are. find me interesting enough to watch my yes, crazy ass. We need some more. <laughs> but check his shows out on Wednesdays and Thursdays when he's back up and running, guys, because it, it is really cool. But remember that you may get seriously drunk because of the, the word that he says, okay, guys, to make sure you put your lip on and everything. But we do love you. And is there anything that you'd like to say to your audience, Mike, before we stop? Because we'll get Chris on after and talk to Mark behind the scenes. Well, no. Uh, well, I appreciate being on here with you, Sherry. I hope we do get a chance to talk again real soon. Um, but, guys, um, like I always say, be curious, but be sane about it. Go out and visit, see the world. Go out and experience this crazy, magical world that we live in. But do so safely and singly. Um, don't use me as an example of what to do. Use me as a as an example of of what you shouldn't do, but what you yeah. maybe want to do. Yeah. <laughs> safe and singly. Safe and singly. Exactly. And uh, honestly, guys, he is absolutely amazing. Please go over and check him out on that. And I, I just want to say a big thank you to all of our supporters, sponsors and everybody that helps us, our TV people as well. We want to say a big thank you to all of our supporters and our fam that come in the chats and come and support us every day and make this possible. We do love you all. And we thank you very much for coming on this show. Mike, thank you so much for coming up. I will have you back. Love you lots. And remember, guys, stay real, stay true, and stay spooky. And I will see you very soon, and a merry party. One, two, three.